This is a podcast from Minute Media. We are experiencing some audio difficulties, so we're I'm recording with my headphones for the first time, and Chris is live somewhere in parts unknown. And <laughs> Holiday and Express, yes. Yeah, you're the smartest man alive right now at the moment. And then Mark Urach joins me, and Cody, who is in Stillwater. Uh, Amarillo, right? Texas. I was in Stillwater, Oklahoma this past weekend. So oh, okay. Traveling all around this offseason. Awesome. So we're not going to take up too much of your time. We just wanted to get your thoughts about the Aurelio Rodriguez signing and then the constant, it seems like every day or every minute of the last, the last day or so, a new Justin Verlander location where he's going. Today it's been reported that he's going to possibly go to Chicago, Atlanta. Somebody said Boston. I don't remember Boston at all, but either way, first of first things first, this signing, you broke the news and did a great job with it. What were your first impressions of the signing? I think two things stand out to me about the Eduardo Rodriguez signing. I think number one, it's just the Tigers level of aggression. Five years, $77 million plus some incentives. It was the biggest free agent contract handed out so far this off season. Kind of the first marquee signing, the Tigers identified a pitcher who they thought was in their price range and they went out and got him. Now, sometimes being that aggressive in the market can actually be a, a, a deterrent. Maybe we find out by February they overpaid for him. Given this market and some of the, the big names at the top of the market, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think for this particular offseason, it's good to see the Tigers be that targeted, that focused, that aggressive. It brings some credence to all the talk we've heard really for years from Alavila, from Chris Illich, that we'll spend when the time is right, we'll add when the time is right. Well, it seems like now the time is right. And so far from getting Tucker Barnard the day after the World Series to Eduardo Rodriguez, really just days late, the Tigers are are backing that up. Now, from a, a strictly baseball perspective, I like the signing. I think Eduardo Rodriguez is a good pitcher. I do wonder, you're looking at 14 to 15 million plus a little more, five years. He does have the opt-out, but it seems like a little bit of a steep price for a guy who has been a little bit up and down in his performance. And when you look at the metrics, and yeah, he is better than just the sheer ERA numbers suggest. I don't think the Tigers would have signed him unless A.J. Hinch and Chris Fetter really identified some things that they thought they could maximize his game and his arsenal. He misses a decent amount of bats for a guy who's not a high below guy. His fastball averages around 92. So he's not a true power pitcher in the sense a lot of times the guys who get these big deals are power strikeout pitchers. Rodriguez relies a lot more on his changeup. He has a cutter that can be good at times, has also been inconsistent at times. I think it's a good signing. Uh, will it end up being a great signing? I, I don't know. I think it addresses the established pitcher that the Tigers needed, but I don't know that we should pump it up to be a ton more than that at the same time. Chris, you wanna... I, I don't know. I can say I would want to compliment you on breaking that story from Thank the you. Midwest. I got I don't know if you want to talk anything up about that, about the process of that, or if you want to betray any sources or anything like that. But. Yeah, no, I think I'm going to keep how I got this one mostly on the down low. But let's just say that's one thing about the off season. Some days it's like, all right, I don't really have much to do today. Some days you get your phone starts blowing up at like seven a.m. and you get up and you break news and end up reporting all day. So you, you never really know how things are going to shake out. There was obviously since that. The market for Eduardo was heating up and I knew the Tigers were in on it, but they, I think they got that deal done a little bit quicker than I would have expected. So it was, I don't know if it was a surprise to me, but yeah, let's just say it came early in the morning. I had to jump on it and go. Yeah. It's funny is I, I think I identified him 
I think the last time we did a podcast together, or maybe two times ago, we were talking about the offseason, and he was a guy I mentioned that I, the guy I wanted them to get the most, assuming that they weren't going to go out and get a Scherzer or a Verlander. So it's a very weird feeling for me to feel like the Tigers did something smart that I really wanted. It's, it's a little bit like, like taking me back to middle school the first time, like I, I realized another girl liked me and I liked her and we're like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> it's a good analogy, but it's even that. So the, the biggest thing now is the shortstop. And of course there's rumors that's been indicating that the Tigers are going to sign something before December 1st and whether it's Korea and all these strange national treasure, like sides on Twitter and all that nonsense, but all kidding aside, how close to that is a, is that possibility that happened? They, they sign a shortstop before December. From everything I've heard, I think they want to sign a shortstop from December before December 1st, but in terms of tangible, I don't know, evidence, like will it actually happen? I think things have been pretty quiet. I think the market is largely dictated by what's going on with Carlos Correa. It's been in the process of his wife having a baby. So I don't think where he's going to sign has been on the forefront of his mind. I don't know. Has, has he had his child yet? Do we know? Has he like posted about it? I don't, I don't think so. I haven't heard it. He's basically said, I'm not going to worry about anything until after the baby is born. So if that baby hasn't been born yet, that might be why we're not seeing a lot of movement. I think a lot of the stuff we're seeing on Twitter is the name Trevor story has come up a lot lately. And I don't know if it's really source tangible information. That's a whisper that maybe story is emerging as the Tigers main backup or even if they just don't think Korea is going to sign, if it becomes too big of a bidding war, Story gives them a little leverage to say, hey, we'll just go sign Trevor Story. But I don't think this one's going to heat up until the days right before December 1st. I just have not heard a lot of tangible, concrete, anything right now. I think it's, uh, I think we're not quite there yet on the short sum market. Yeah, it's interesting. We, we've heard a lot of story smoke, and then there's obviously been a ton of implications about Korea. That's just more, I think, people in. Yeah, that makes sense. We'll talk about it. I did see, I don't remember who posted it, but somebody said the Tigers were actively going after Javier Baez. And it was like the one story I saw. I was like, well, that's unusual. I hadn't heard anything about yeah, that. I didn't see, see that about it. So, yeah, I don't know if I buy that. I think this is also the time of year. There's a lot of weird stuff going around, like with the Verlander thing. Okay, yesterday, supposedly, John Heyman says, oh, the Tigers are still interested. And then today, it's, oh, it's going to be an East Coast team. And then it's, oh, the White Sox. And it's, this is all over the place to the point, I don't even know where it's coming from. Is it coming from an agent trying to build his market? Is it coming from another team trying to make it seem like there's more competition than it is? Is some of it legit? I think there's a, kind of a lot of BS going around right now. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, don't overreact to every single post on Twitter. I think people know that John Heyman is the king of BS. So I think the best we listen to John, the wiser all of us get. But I, I think I'll be shocked if Verlander leaves the state of California. I really think he wants to stay there. And I think there are four or five teams got the money to pay him. And I think, in my opinion, it's all along been, you want to, pay a guy 40 to $50 million who's 39 years old coming off of TJ. I love the guy, but it's, I think that money can be dispersed in a lot more productive, less risky ways than that. So. I, I think that's super true. And I don't get the sense the Tigers are super interested in it at all. I think the Eduardo Rodriguez signing is pretty much the final nail in the coffin and i guess you never know you never say never but i think it just never made sense as you said from a common sense standpoint you're the tigers 
you're worried about, okay, do we want to hand out a huge payday to a shortstop? Yeah. Why in the world would you even consider a huge payday for a 39 year old coming off Tommy John? And now you've filled your need at pitcher. I've not heard anything that, that brings any validity to the Tigers actually being in on Fairlander right now. Yeah. I, like I said, I, I look, I think that they like Tyler Alexander more than they'll tell you. I think they'd like to find pitcher that is either Willie Peralta or something that replicates what Willie Peralta is in that price range. You do those two things. You also have Fado and Wentz. You have a pretty decent amount of depth. And if something else falls in their lap, and I think based on the CBA, which I'd love to talk about with you guys for a few minutes, but I think there will be just a ton of bargains in February based on how I think this whole thing is going to go. And uh, I would be shocked if that's how they look at it. This, the Rodriguez move was a really good move. I would assume there are quite a few teams that were in the same offer market as the Tigers for money. And I think Rodriguez picked Detroit as much as Detroit picked Rodriguez. And that's probably a good thing. What do you think about that part, Code? Yeah, I think you're right. I think the Juan Nieves tie was real. We worked with in spring of 2015, a Spanish speaker. I think they had a pretty tight relationship, even though they just briefly overlapped in Boston. I don't know, you know, how much he knows of AJN, but Rodriguez played for Cora. And despite what went on in Houston, there, there are plenty of ties between Cora and Hinch. And he, the Tigers, again, one thing about the Alavila front office, they are known to agents as not messing around a lot they can be very straightforward they're not going to waste your time either they want you or they don't and so i think they probably made eduardo rodriguez feel wanted and say hey we want you to come be our established guy and centerpiece of the staff in addition to our young prospects and those probably you know that plus the money probably ended up winning five years i don't know if every team was willing to go five years they went five years with an opt-out, so we'll have a chance to make more money. If, if he has a great next couple of years, I think it, it makes a lot of sense and definitely ended up being a very attractive offer. Yeah, he's got a huge swing and miss whiff rate, high, far higher than any starting pitcher they have now. I think Federal probably, it'll be a, a guy he will really work well with. Federal likes change-ups, and it's, it's a cornerstone piece for the rotation. It makes my scoobal a lot better to have a guy like that with in the rotation. I, I wanted to ask you a question though. You and I have talked many times about this and I, I don't think people understand sometimes Hitch has a very d defined idea in his own mind of building rosters. So I think they miss a lot of times. Yeah. The Tigers are getting a shortstop. They're getting somebody, but there's some other things that he probably wants to do with his roster. You told me, I don't think I'm saying anything out of school now because it's the off season, but they'd like to add a power lefty in their bullpen. You got any thoughts about that? I haven't heard much on that one in a while, but I know that's something AJ definitely wanted. Another lefty, more of a power lefty in addition to Soto, who probably will fit more of a prototypical closer role. I think that makes a lot of sense. I don't know if they've identified anyone. I mean, there's, there's only one. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Brooks Rail used the only one out there and he seems like he'd be a really good fit and in their price range so I think that could happen I would not be surprised at all if they add uh, a bullpen piece before all of a sudden done it, if you think about adding a guy like Brooks Raley to the guys they have and 
I think they're pretty happy with the right-handed guys. They, they have Jimenez, they have Lang that they, I know they like both of them. And as much as we all bag on Joe Jimenez, misses bats. The problem is he doesn't miss bats. Okay. And, but I still think they probably like them. You have those two guys at the bottom and then you got Funkhauser, Cisneros, Fulmer. You got, their bullpen is probably one of the strengths of the team at this point in time. If they had a left-hander to that, they'd be done and they can move on to other things. You got a lot of other things they need to upgrade. Well, let's get a lot of the questions we're getting. It seems to be like, are they going to go after another starter, another starting pitcher? And, and they also, I think at the end of the season, they mentioned that they weren't interested in outfielders, but just the other day, Avila mentioned that they might take a look at an outfielder. So I don't know if you have any uh, particular feelings about either of those situations, Cody. Yeah, the whole outfield thing, that's something I had heard late season that, okay, say they miss on one or two short stops they really want. Maybe you see them pursue a starting Marte or Michael Conforto in lieu of a short stop, or they go in Jelton Simmons or something like a short stop. Uh, and then it seems like both Hinch and Alvila really shut that down toward the end of the season. We're like, no, we're good at outfield. So to hear that idea resurface made me think, okay, what's... Is that like just another leverage chip? Okay, if you're not going to sign with us, we'll go get starting Marte. Or was that, there is more than one way to build a roster. I think they are a little leery of going 10 years for Carlos Correa and some of these other, if they feel like they can't get Seager, well, there are questions about story and questions about bias. At the end of the day, I think they're going to get a shortstop. I think that's just, it, it just makes too much sense not to. And I don't think they'll spend on a shortstop and an outfielder. As much as I would like to see them get a, a better right-handed bat in the outfield, I've been harping on that for a while, and they haven't seemed to agree with me. So I don't know if there's been a reversal of thought there. I kind of think. And then then I oh, another starter. Yeah, I, again, I don't, it's not going to be Verlander. Willie Peralta makes a lot of sense. I think Willie Peralta is kind of in the opposite boat of Eduardo Rodriguez, where Eduardo had this high ERA number but terrific underlying metrics and got paid for it. I think Willie Peralta wishes it were like 2003 and he could get paid based on his yeah. ERA, even though his metrics are uh, pretty terrible. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's, uh, the Tigers have approached him and their initial offer, he wants to see if he can get a little bit more. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up landing back in Detroit or if Chris Better and AJ Hinch identify another bounce back type guy at a similar low price who can come in and compete with. Tyler Alexander and others for the fifth starter spot, but I don't see him making a, a big financial commitment to basically a fifth starter. Peralta's best pitch was a split figure, and that was something very that came good. on. Yeah, it's very good. And it came on later. Very good split figure, and it came on, and you can tell us for Chris Fenerbahce. And speaking of rosters, by the way, this weekend, the Tiger, the Rule 5, all that decision-making comes up, I think on the 19th, I believe, which would be, was it Seth? Friday? Oh, Friday, Friday, yeah, Friday. And so... Any names that the Tigers should be fear of losing or anything like that? Because there's we saw Garrett Hills on there on that list that be has to be protected. Chris, there's a couple other names soon there. I'm trying to draw a blank right out at the moment. Yeah, but I think they have a handful of pitchers who they could protect. It's always been confusing because I didn't think they would protect Elvin Rodriguez, but they did. It, I don't know who reported was basically like they had to do this or he's going to be a minor league. But I think Cody Clemens is eligible. And I think Eric De La Rosa is despite Reese, the... Reese Olsen too. But so the Reese Olsen one, it's confusing to me. That's what I was talking to JJ Cooper about. Excuse me, I'm losing my voice here. Reese Olsen is listed as Rule 5 eligible to Fantagraphs, but by every other 
traditional measure, I don't think he is rule five eligible. He didn't, he was signed before he was 19. He's from the same uh, high school class as Parker Meadows, Kingston, Leniak, who are not uh, rule five eligible. So that one confuses me. That's uh, that's a question for what Midzen and Sartori, whoever's in charge of that sort of thing. Be back. Yeah, I, I'll actually have to figure that out. I'm not sure on Reese Olsen because I feel like he is a guy they would want to protect. But again, yeah, if he's from the same class as Meadows, I then he wouldn't be rule five eligible. And looking down that list, otherwise, I don't know. I think maybe because there's left less emphasis now in the back end of a 40 man roster. Like maybe we just don't care about it as much, but I also don't see like glaring names. Like the tigers have to protect this guy. I think they still wonder if there's something with Cody Clemens, but Clemens is what 26. And I don't think you have to worry about we got breaking no. sorry, guys. We have breaking news, by the way, Justin Verlander and has signed with the Houston Astros. Wow. Okay. What? Sorry. What? I mean, they're not, but yeah, Ben Verlander announced it on his Twitter. Oh, can we trust him though? Oh, <laughs> uh, hey. and so he went back to Houston. There you go. I wonder how much for how long. Long about good work for like uh, nothing like having your brother break the news. Yeah, that's fuck. Yeah, well, well, that's one else is on it yet, but I think that is a pretty good source. Good people, yeah, we fix up. Oh. All right, so I was right. Justin Verlander is not going to be a Detroit Tiger. Yeah, there we go. Hold y'all. <laughs> Until uh, two years from now with the Tigers, yeah. Jake Rogers and Dash Cameron for him. But anyway, it's like, as much as you want to protect Clemens, isn't, do you really have to worry about another team taking? I think Will Vest, who got plugged in last year's Rule 5 draft, is another interesting option. Because I know for a fact there were multiple teams that liked him last year. Are there still teams that like him? Do the Tigers? What do they actually think of him this time around? De La Rosa, like, good, but... Do you have to worry about another team taking them? I don't know. I'm, I'm not super like intrigued by this year's candidates that are Rule 5 eligible from a Tiger standpoint. Yeah, I'm sure. I think the last year they protected the Fiedo and Wentz and stuff. There were a couple obvious guys last year. This year, it's not so much. So it, I do agree that if Olsen is eligible, he would be pretty obvious because you're not going to trade for a guy and then not protect him. He's already hit the blade. But you're yeah. at a point where that with this 40 man where you're no longer just trying to stash guys for the future. Like I think yeah. now if you're on the 40 man roster, the Tigers need to think you can contribute in the major leagues. And so they might be a little more judicial with who gets these spots and who doesn't could see them wouldn't be shocked if they bring in a couple minor league free agents who can compete for spots in camp and they'll have to keep that in mind as they build out the sporting man going forward too yep so i don't know exactly what mark wanted to talk about with the cba but uh yeah i have a question for you guys let's say spencer twerkelson struggles in camp he's going to be up early next year but let's say he doesn't break with the roster the the opening day roster so that probably puts scope primarily at first we haven't talked about much about what goes on at second in that case. Maybe Isak Paredes, maybe Willie Castro. Do they bring in a, some minor league free agent or another utility type guy who could fill that spot temporarily? That's not something we've talked about a lot. No, and there's something that I brought up in minor league free agents that Yomar Sanchez is out there, and he's a guy who won a gold glove in Chicago, can't really hit. He was with the Braves last year. He can also play third, and the guy's good defensive. He's a good defensive presence so i think if they brought him in because if you think about the minor league depth right now there's nobody ready to go and so i think something like that would be a good gives him he's under 30 and so what you, if he doesn't make the team put him in toledo and then call him up at some point but i think that would be an ideal situation because 
let's say even on a rule five uh, pick out there that might like slip through, are the Tigers going to really play and stuff them on the roster all next year? No, I don't think so. So, Chris, we'll no, argue. Well, yeah, I, I mean, that's a, a good call on Sanchez. I think you can count on them a veteran minor league free agent, like a Pete Cosma type, just spring training at least. They do that every spring training. They bring yeah, yeah. a veteran or two play the infield. And every now and then somebody pops up and has a good spring and they go, all right. But yeah, I, I don't know if it's necessarily, I feel like they think they probably have the bodies there. They just want somebody to win the job. You know, from either the Freddies or the two Castros, maybe they've seen enough of them already, but I don't think they're going to like get rid of those guys. They're still going to be around in some capacity. I, I think it's possible that Nico Goodrum is gone and who knows, maybe they'll even, you know, give Zach Short another chance to, but I, I think there are options there. I, I do think they would bring in a veteran, just give him a chance to win the job, but I don't see them, you know, signing anybody like, like to a real contract, like a Jordy Mercer situation or whatever. Yeah. I agree, but I think there's definitely room for a, a Yolmer Sanchez type guy in spring yep. training and, and in this organization. I think that's something they lack, especially if you do non-tender Nico Goodrum, who is that, that backup role. And as much as we're finally getting some clarity on what the long-term future of this infield might look like, you're also one Jonathan Scope injury away from, okay, who in the world is going to play second base? And maybe three days goes out and wins that job, and then we don't have to talk about this ever again. But so far... We haven't seen quite enough from Isak to, to say that's anywhere close to a given. Can, can we touch, can we touch on Paredes for a second? I think he's become very interesting, but I think that because A, nobody really thought he was that good a defender. Everybody thought he could hit like a demon. And at this point, the skill set he's shown in the major leagues is 180 degrees from that way better defender than we thought, especially at second base, by the way. Okay. And disappointing, although it does show flashes as a hitter. And I actually is inconsistent as he was late the last 40 plate appearances. Saw a few things. Also saw that every time he hit the ball hard, it either went foul or seemed to fall short of the stands. And I just curious. You know, he, he was 20 feet from having five more homers. And I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that. He, I don't know how many balls he hit that just curved foul or were caught at the fence. Holy smokes, I, his play at second base was really damn good. So the other thing I was going to ask you guys, I think Hinch is a much different, a lot of the guys that we watched last year, I, I think we learned about A.J. Hinch. He's... He likes to throw two people in the middle of the ring and see who comes out alive. And he's going to press you to see if you can play under duress or he's going to move you on. That's my nice way of saying it. And if you go look at the 2020 roster and look at it now, it's pretty apparent who got moved on. So I, I would say some of these guys were talking about, Nico, how many chances can they give him to step up and be a piece of the team and he just never seemed to get any traction for the last year. He was just horrible last year in every phase of baseball. Hey, they're not paying him three and a half million dollars to come back. I, I don't see there's, I'll be shocked if they keep him out of that for three and a half million dollars. No way. Yeah. I, I don't have any reason to believe he'll be back. A B Matthew Boyd. I'm sure they're having a really long talk with Matthew Boyd right now. Matthew. 
listen, we'll be happy to give you $3 million plus some incentives. Better, I think we may have to part ways. We, we don't really have the need. He's not going to pitch till middle of July and they're sure not paying them at $7 million. These are, that's, these are monies they need. They're, I've, I've tweeted many times about their payroll and if you cut Boyd, you cut Goodrum, you cut Garneau, but you get down to about $70 million. And I've long predicted the payroll is going to be between 115 and $120 million. Maybe I'm light, but I don't think I'm too light. And that's with cutting ones. People are going to be shocked and mad about it. You're not paying a pitcher $7 million to pitch half a season who, let's be really honest, except for about 10 starts out of his last 50, he's been terrible. Yeah, I, I think those are things. The, the last thing I was going to bring up to you guys, Paul DeYoung, St. Louis, weird player, not the greatest fielder, not the worst fielder either. It's homers. They'd probably love to get rid of them. Heck of an interesting utility guy, a henchy kind of guy. I'd be giving stats some thought. I did. I even, one of my fake trade pieces, I had DM as an ad option there. Then somebody sent me a DM, an angry DM about how it was ridiculous. Okay. She always uh, lets me know that I've, I've hit my mark. <laughs> but, uh, hey, get rid of Paul DeYoung's 2000. Paul DeYoung had some pretty damn good years in St. Louis. Jeez. He had like 27, 28 dongs and walked 11% of the time and plays a Willie, uh, Johanny Peralta shortstop, but it's better than you think it is. I would say because based off what Norman, what they have going on with Gorman right now, we had, uh, we started off getting hot towards the last part of the season over in Memphis, they have to make some sort of way to make some room for him. I know he plays third base, but still, the Cardinals have some pretty good infielders in their system right now. And I think... Also, he was very good for them. I do. I, yeah. He, he was good. So I think they could use him as a trade piece to maybe perhaps solidify their bullpen a little bit because their bullpen was terrible. Cody, don't you think they might consider cutting it, just non-tendering him for how much money he wants? They could. I I, I wouldn't have thought of this off the top of my head, but I'm, I'm with you guys. I think it makes a lot of sense. For, well, yeah, but, for the Cardinals and for the Tigers. Yeah, but he signed through the next two years, I think, and then has two player options, maybe, or two team options. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I think it's like seven, uh, 16 million or something like that. Maybe more than that over the next two years. It's, it's eight million like, a year or at 16 million? I think it's seven and then nine. I'd have to look at it. I'll, I'll tell you in team. You do six and nine. W- wouldn't shock me if Oakland took him and made St. Louis pay some of the money. He's a perfect Oakland guy too. So that's a good call. But I, I, but he's a guy, look, if you're, you're planning on winning, that's an interesting guy to look at. Okay. And he, I, St. Louis probably doesn't want to eat money, but depends on the prospect you give up, but there's, that's, a good team, I'll be shocked if Paul DeYoung isn't on a good team come April 1st next year. I, I tend to doubt it's going to be St. Louis as the team he's in. So uh, it's just a player that, you know, the Tigers don't have tons of good players, but they should be looking to try. Heck, if they don't sign a shortstop, which I would find hard to believe they're not signing a shortstop, but. It'd be a guy I'd be happy to speculate on. If that was what you're going to do, he'd be a good choice. I'd take him over Andrelton Simmons any day of the week. Andrelton Simmons is washed up two years ago. 
No, it's one thing that we, we keep talking about is that the Tigers can improve as much fun as they were and as better as they were this year. They still only won 77 games. They need to find another 15 wins. So you're going to get as many as average and good players as you can. And if you can figure out a way to do that, get the young and spend money elsewhere, do it. Whatever. If the shortstop thing doesn't work out. It's, it's, it's a cheap way to get better, yep. to, to say the least. Who, Code, who do you think the next signing is for them? A shortstop? Don't you think they're going to try to prioritize that? I think it's a shortstop. Again, we'll see if they can hammer it out before December 1st or not. I think they just might one way or another. I think they almost, I think it would be terrifying not to, because it's a good segue to talk about this real quickly. I don't know. I know we don't have a ton of time. I find it hard to believe the CBA is getting signed on December 1st. And if I'm an owner, what's like, it's like the old wrestling thing. Once you get them in the leg lock, it's pretty ugly if you're the Players Association once you get past December 1st because they're going to try to lock you out as long as they can then create a level of desperation coming into February. Nobody's been signed. and that, That'd be how I was playing it. I, it's not a what you guys think about that. Uh, speaking of playing it, by the way, Houston's deal with the Astros, uh, Verlander's deal rather, with Houston, it's one year, $25 million uh, with an option for a second year. So they, I missed that. I, yeah. Um, they that's a, that's a great deal for Houston, by the way. It, it's, 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 Berlander too. but I, I, that's the double and it's a lot of money, but it's $8 million less than they paid them last year for rehab. And they, he knows all the players. It, it's, I, I, that's. That's a win-win for both sides. So much for all the, the, the talk about how the Astros didn't want him around or whatever, because he wasn't there all year. Maybe he's got some explaining to do to the clubhouse, but I, I, don't, I felt like that was a bit I, don't, I think that's a, Yeah, I think so. I, I was just been in a lot of clubhouses. The, you don't think there's an issue there. I think issue is a strong word. I think Verlander's a strong personality. I think he's also a Hall of Fame pitcher. And if you're a Hall of Fame pitcher, you're allowed to have a strong personality. You can get by with it easier than... Someone who's not any good. No, it's just funny. I was just checking uh, Twitter and I see the trending. There's Justin Verlander trending, and right below it is Kelly Stafford. I'm like, wait, what's going on here? She threw a pretzel at somebody. I love Kelly Stafford. <laughs> I see Detroit cast. Uh, well, the rounding up, Cody. What do you got coming up? I knew, of course, the Trinity Corner podcast. You can check that out on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts. One articles you had to another pipeline over at the eleven. We got the results of the Tigers fan survey. Big time stuff. Uh, a lot's changed in in just nineteen months since the last time I did one, and the opinions of the Tigers fan base I think have changed a lot too. So just interested to look at some of the feedback and kind of analyze the answers we got there. And then to be honest, I'm taking this Thursday and Friday off. I'm headed to a concert, but we're going to be all in on the hot stove. Probably the week after that, Eduardo Rodriguez is likely to have a press conference in Detroit early next week. So we'll have some coverage on that. And yeah, the hot stove, what's going to happen before December 1st. Maybe also what's going to happen with Matthew Boyd. I think that's really going to occupy most of the energy in Tiger's land for the next, really, up uh, up until December. Awesome. Code, well, you, Code, you think they, you think Korea's, Korea signs by when? With, it doesn't matter with who. Do you think he's, well, give me an idea. I don't think Korea's super intent on, design, on signing before December 1st. I think if he's a Tiger, no pressure. It'll, it will be before December 1st. But that's guesswork more than anything. 
That's what I wanted. <laughs> I'm Tony, guessing. All right, Tony, I'll let you enjoy your what concert? I'm curious what concert. Well, this guy named Zach Bryan, uh, kind of an independent country artist, actually just signed a big deal. Uh, but really good songwriter going to Tulsa, Oklahoma, where he's from, playing in his home venue, King's Ballroom, which is an all-time concert venue, very historic. So, yeah, I'm excited. That's awesome. Yeah, I've heard really good things with that place. Uh, one of my favorite bands out of the area, the old 97s. Oh, yeah. And that's that, that they played there, too. Or they're, 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 every time they play there for a couple of days. But, again, Cody, enjoy vacation, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds good. Thank you, guys. Hey, Cody. Thanks, Cody. See ya. All right. So on that note, I'm going to be, I'll end, I'll end this out here, but I don't know. So what we just put the, you're using Cody, you know, a round table that will include tomorrow, Brandon, Lynn, Mark, myself, Chris, and Youper. So I'll be playing more of the point guard and passing the questions around. So I'm going to have 20 questions for these fine gentlemen as they talk about the off season. Maybe the Tigers do something else, but again, breaking news as we're recording, Justin Verlander to the Houston Astros for one year at $25 million. And I, I'm a little bit relieved too, because I know a lot of the fans are going to be upset about this, but it's just, I think it, as we talked about, I think it was you said it, Mark or Chris said it, the money could be spent elsewhere to straighten this team. There's so many holes and Verlander's not going to, I'm sorry, Verlander's not going to fill them. He could so listen, I'm not diminishing the value of a Hall of Fame pitcher. What I no, think that's saying is, is that they got, Anybody doesn't think Chris Illich has a budget, it's just foolish. Okay. That's A. B, they have other money they want to spend on other players. And there's going to be a lot of interesting players out there, boys. I think there's going to be some players out there if you're willing to step up and spend a couple of bucks. They're going to be laying around and they're going to make your team a lot better. I think that the talent evaluation of the Detroit Tigers has improved significantly in the last 12 months. And shame on me for having to say this because God knows how <laughs> everybody knows how I felt about their talent evaluation for the last five years. It was like being led around with a blindfold on and being spun around like a kid getting ready to hit a pinata. But they actually have people that know how to evaluate talent now. And there's going to be, they have, a lot of data that they collect and they have other people that have taken more prominent evaluation roles on the team. And there's probably a lot of peripheral players that are pretty interesting that they're going to be able to buy under market before the season starts, especially with what I think will happen with the CBA. So I'm excited to see having a couple of bucks available rather than having one 39 year old count coming off the TJ Hall of Fame pitcher that they want to spend it on. As I was saying earlier, I initially felt I was never crazy about the idea of Orlando. I, I get the romantic appeal of everything. And if it's healthy, he's a Hall of Fame pitcher. I actually liked it more after they said Rodriguez, just because I felt like that gave him a level of safety. Like you at least you got your kind of yeah. long-term safety. But I'm totally fine with him going back to Houston. It's it's cool. I do think shortstop is a much bigger need than another a second big starter. But it is interesting to see they've identified their huge needs and they've gone out and got so far. Other than shortstop, they're going to do what they can to make sure they don't miss out. So I Listen, feel like they're going to take some I, shortstop soon. I, I talked to some smart people, including you guys, and I had a couple of people bring this up to me, which is it's probably less likely now that he's in Houston. But you never know about teams. Teams have issues some years used to think the Minnesota Twins were good. They're not. And uh, don't be shocked if 
Justin Verlander is acquired at a trade deadline in the next two years by a team that like the Detroit Tigers is really good. It would shock me. It's, it's much more of a known quantity then. And it's at a discount amount of money because you're only paying them for whatever, a half a season. And those ideas are much more plausible than paying them $25 million for the unknown right now. That's all I'm saying. Yep. But yeah, I'm excited. I, I pressed Cody about Correa because I think if the Tigers are signing Carlos Correa, it's before December 1st. That's just my guess. And you know, what the, there was a report that came out later today that said the Yankees will not be spending money on a big shortstop. Who knows to, what, what to believe anything now, but that would, uh, take me I, one potential competitor. Hey, Raj, don't you think Carlos Correa on the list for the New York Yankees <laughs> is number one or not? I don't see there's conflicted reports that said they're not going to spend that. They don't want to spend a lot. So honestly, I think if it's just off smoke screen, be honest with you, I think I personally think that if he doesn't, if he wants like 350, whatever, I think the Yankees are on the table, but if it's 300 and then he goes to a community like New York where there's a good Puerto Rican population and you feel like among people that you can be comfortable with, I think that plays a factor. And even again, I'll say, I'm going to keep saying this. Watch out for Philadelphia. Watch out for David Dombrowski. I really think, I mean, they need a shortstop really bad too. Dombrowski came out there and go, you know what? Bam. But then again, is he going to spend that kind of money like they did with the Harper's contract? Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. They got, they got Harper and real Muto and they're going to have to sign Nola and, it, and they already signed Wheeler. I don't know how much money Philly has, but it'd be a lot of money. Yeah. So, I mean, it does make sense. He just put the tips of Dombrowski from out of nowhere. Like, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's. For $15 million less. Yeah. That's uh, the question for anybody out there for in the shortstop market. It's why are you going to spend 300 plus in 10 years on Correa? Or do you think you can get story for half that in half the years? The biggest question I have, there's one player in the Correa sweepstakes that I think we dismiss. They probably should dismiss, but <coughs> excuse me. If I'm the Tigers, I'm, I'm rooting for the Yankees to drop out of the Correa sweepstakes because all it really leaves then is the Tigers and probably Houston on a lower ball type of offer. And I would imagine the Dodgers would actually then at least kick the tires on what was up. But look, the Dodgers, they got rid of Kershaw's 30 million. They just got, I know they want Scherzer. They've signed bats and if Seeger doesn't want the Tigers may luck into a better shortstop contract by virtue of there just isn't any other team that wants to pay that much it, it, it that's that we should care but it's not impossible that they don't have if there's competition makes makes you pay a lot of money and if the, the Yankees aren't taking Carlos Correa Makes it a little more interesting, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. You like that. Like your idea, like you, you can never count out the Dodgers. They don't care about money, really. <laughs> the luxury yeah. tax. But... They also have Trey Turner. And the yeah. weirdest thing about Trey Turner <laughs> is that he was awful <laughs> in, the, in the postseason. And they must have been going to themselves. Huh. His career yeah. playoff stats are awful. I 
Like he's never been great in the playoffs. And I don't know if that's because he's always injured by playoff time, but yeah, this is something that makes you worry a little bit. Meanwhile, Carlos Correa is uh, kind of all-time great trap performer. How, how well did he swing the bat in the playoffs? In addition to the, who's an amazing playoff hitter that plays shortstop for Los Dodgers? Corey Seager. Oh, yeah. my God. Matches like crazy in the playoffs. So it's I, I think that casual fans think it's Monopoly, but it, there's, there's a lot more going on here than I think it's the eye tigers are going to end up if they want a shortstop there's a shortstop to get i don't think there's any doubt about it and i i also had a lot of people behind the scenes dm me about trevor's story and i had some pretty smart people the tigers would love trevor's story the biggest issue and i, I was telling brandon this they got a lot of data on how he threw mm-hmm. say post june 1st it was very scary because he had a very good arm. Trevor story is a hell of an athlete. He's almost as fast as Trey Turner. He's ridiculously fast. And it's, it's throwing velocity. Are, are we editing this part out, Roger? Not? Yeah, well, like, yeah, we can probably edit this up. Let me know. What I was going to say to you is, is that he, his normal throwing velocity across the infield, not top, but just normal is 77, which is pretty good for a shortstop it's it's top 25 percent but you have to understand guys don't throw top end every throw okay yeah and it, he was down to 72 and so it's not a it, it's just the question is it a ucl problem or is it a shoulder problem or a bite what is it i, I mean no no not giving somebody 125 million dollars for that doing a pretty thorough physical on the guy. I, so I told Brandon last night, I was like, dude, nobody's getting $25 million a year without getting like contrast studies and MRIs. They're going to, they don't want to sign a guy. And then all of a sudden he can't play shortstop and he's getting Tommy John surgery on May 18th. That's, that's not going to be good, but it, it, they like story a lot. And it, it's the question, is he going to be healthy or not healthy? So. I'd be interested to see what happens with that. For sure. All right, gentlemen, I'll let me stop this. So like I said, this is part of our full roundtable. Thanks again to Cody for joining us. And uh, yeah, continue to listen on as we are doing another two-part podcast this week. And we'll talk to you soon.